What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman. The song you just heard is The Stroke by Billy Squire and is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Tanner Weatherman. Another beast on the mat, Tanner wrestled for the Ballard Bombers in Huxley, Iowa. In high school, he was a four-time state finalist and a three-time state champ, one more than his older brother, Trent. So, as Tanner would say, the numbers don't lie. Tanner went on to wrestle at Iowa State University, where he qualified for the national tournament all four years and was a round of 12 guy three times. He never could quite reach All-American status, but that doesn't make his wrestling journey any less impressive. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Tanner Weatherman. Tanner Weatherman, thanks for coming to the podcast. Thanks for joining no worries. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we were just chatting about, um, you know, some competition between between you, Brock, and and Trent. And was it? Or did you guys scrap in high school? Then was it always a group of three, or did you guys kind of separate off a little bit because you had such a strong group, you know, in in your high school class, and also when you guys were growing up, did you guys also yeah. venture out a little bit? Yeah, for sure. Um, there was, you know, maybe a couple times a week you'd, you'd grab each other. Me and my brother, once I got to my sophomore year, I was 135. He was 52. So we were, you know, I didn't cut a whole lot of weight and neither mm-hmm. did he. So, you know, you're only 10, 15 pounds apart. Now he obviously had the, the upper hand, but um, <laughs> we could still wrestle mostly drilling. Um, and then once I got a little bit bigger, me and Brock wrestled quite a bit his uh, senior year, my junior year. Um, but yeah, it got competitive. I mean, at times, just like I said earlier before, um, it, uh, it was never hostile, you know, Mm -hmm. we weren't throwing fists, you'd get upset and you'd you'd get a little, uh, I don't know, ornery, I guess, you know, throw each other into the wall, that type of stuff. But it was usually pretty friendly and, you know, it's just practice. We're still brothers. We're still cousins. Let it go. Move Mm -hmm. on. We're still buddies outside of the wrestling room, but Obviously, it was iron sharpens iron, so we had a lot of good guys on that team. So you could separate out with guys like T- Tanner Hyatt, TJ Hyatt, yeah. Jerry Ramsey, Nick Kaufman, um, the Eichingers. You had a lot of guys in there, not to mention some of the, the volunteer staff that we had at the time. Um, it, you could jump around pretty much anywhere. Tyler Grass, Willie Nicholas, you could jump around pretty much anywhere, and you got a guy that's going to be – you know, a quality guy that you're going to, you're going to work for every point you have, no matter who mm-hmm. what gra- guy you grab that day. Yeah. Was it part, like, was it by design that you didn't cut a whole lot of weight or did, uh, not, did it just like the way it worked? It, it had just kind of the way it worked my freshman year. Um, it just so happened. Uh, I just kind of fit in the lineup at 25 and I, I was a little bit bigger and my freshman year, I hit a growth spurt. So towards the latter part of the season, it got a little hard on me. And after that, I was like, I'm, I'm done doing this. It's not any fun. It takes the fun out of it. I'm coming to practice not to get better, but to lose weight. You know, so it's hard to kind of jump levels if you're only focused on putting three layers of sweats on and and getting weight off. So it just kind of wasn't fun for me. Didn't didn't enjoy it like no one does. <laughs> so no, after my freshman year, I didn't cut a whole lot of weight at all. Sorry, I'm just digesting that, like, that hits hard that you said when you're cutting weight, sometimes you just go to practice to lose weight and not to get better. That's, I feel like that's so true for a lot of wrestlers that I don't even think they realize it. They don't realize it. Yeah, no, I don't. And I I actually say that all the time. I'm a volunteer coach at uh, at DCG. I live here in Grimes. I say that to our guys all the time. I don't care if you go up two weight classes, as long as you're healthy and you can come to practice to get better instead of coming to practice to mope around, go through the motions just to get a sweat in. Cause in all reality, you're going to work harder with less clothes on in my opinion. Yeah. You know, your, yeah. your body's not sticky and hot and, <laughs> you know, kind of clammy. You're just soaking it all in. Whereas with just shorts and t-shirt, 
I don't know. Just my opinion. <laughs> my yeah, <take>. true. <laughs> no, I get it. I mean, you, you, I think you said it. You enjoy it a little more. You're not. You're not miserable. You know, yeah. like when you're practicing and you're miserable, it's no fun. Yep. Take the fun out of it. I um, I was going to ask you if you were still a coach at Dallas Dallas Center Grimes. That's yeah. What, I tried to this get was there your three a couple years? times a week. Sorry. Is this your third year now? Yes. Yep. So yeah, I, I try to get in a couple of days a week. Uh, the timing's pretty good with my career. I'm in construction, so you know by the time season hard starts, it's November. So um, the days are a little shorter for construction, mm-hmm. and it starts getting cold. Things start to slow down and shut down a little bit. So mm-hmm. I try to make it in a few days a week and show technique, wrestle around with some of the bigger guys, and and just try to give back. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, construction. Are you a construction manager or project manager for, yep. for construction? Yeah. Project manager. Nice. So what, what does that kind of entail a little bit? Uh, I'm on the general contracting side of things. So my day-to-day operations right now looks like more or less scheduling, organizing um, five or six different subcontractors, making sure that they're working on the right things at the right time. So it's done at the right time. Mm-hmm. kind of deal so more or less just i guess managing uh other construction trades to make sure that our building's done on time okay so you do mostly buildings not like uh um ramps or roads or do yeah, you get that correct. too okay yeah. on on my side of things the company i work for we kind of do uh, a lot of different things we paving concrete underground utilities landscaping kind of the whole works so gotcha okay do, do you uh do you have to uh, work with your brother on uh, finances and see? I do. <laughs> yeah, you I do. do? Yeah. Right on. Yeah, I, I trust him. I trust him. If I yeah, I suppose yeah. I'm going to trust anyone with my money <laughs> my brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you said that you rolled around with Willie Miklas. Um, I talked to him a few, a couple months back. Um, and he was there at Ballard for two years. So he was on what, your team for one year? before yeah. he transferred um uh, no two years okay so you guys are the same age okay no he's so he was a year younger than me so he would have been on my oh yeah he been right. on my okay. team as his freshman and sophomore year and then he went to pope mm-hmm. and did you did you guys wrestle his uh it would have been his junior year so your yeah. senior year yep yep he got me at the ed winger he did yep what was that like wrestling you know a former teammate uh, I guess at the time, I don't, it was probably, uh, I, I had no hard feelings. So mm-hmm. I guess I, I really didn't care. Um, obviously he knew me and I knew him just as well as anyone. We trained together for two years. So mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know how much thought I really put into it. I tried to just go out there and do my thing and, and didn't really, uh, strategize, um, <laughs> I guess it, <laughs> it sounds silly now because like yeah. you wrestled the guy for two years. Why would you know what he's going to do? You're going to strategize a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, especially going through college. Like you'd watch film and say, okay, we know this guy's high crotch, right side's really good. Let's go left leg lead circle this direction. But at the time as it saw our senior in high school, those things probably weren't going through my mind. <laughs> so, yeah. And I don't uh, really remember the match that, that in that much detail. I just know I don't know, 15, 20 seconds left. I gave up three stall calls to lose by one. What? Something crazy like that. Two stall calls in the last 10 seconds, something wild like that. But I'm not going to hold anything against it. I like winning as a guy. It's who cares. It meant nothing. Mm -hmm. So. Dang, that's crazy. Um, Yeah. What? uh, It was just cool. I was watching back your, your, state title matches and you won the state title the same weight same time he did and i thought that was kind of a a cool cool ordeal yeah former teammates yeah for Um, sure were you kind of keeping an eye on him or peeking at him over there or were you just solely focused on your match (laughs) i think i was i think i was pretty well locked in (laughs) (laughs) yeah what was your normal routine to kind of get locked in for your matches uh it, it may sound crazy but the the thing that I found works best for me is to almost, uh, I mean, it relax as much as possible. Um, my dad was pretty good at keeping me calm, you know, back in the tunnel. It's more of a, a lighthearted conversation, joking around. What are we doing next weekend? I can't wait to go fishing this spring. Those types of things that just kind of take your mind off of what, ha- what happens in the next six, six minutes while you're out there, the work's already been done, you know? Hmm. So keep it light 
you know, because I see a lot of guys now, again, I'm going to reference college because now I know this in high school. I didn't luckily mm-hmm. enough. My dad was uh, smart enough and knew me well enough as an athlete, not to get me high strung and crazy. But in college, I learned that a lot of times, uh, you know, if you hype up the match too much, the second you step on the mat, you're already tired. You see, I mean, I guess I can see it a lot. You, you get so anxious and so excited and warm up so hard that you never give yourself a chance to, uh, the, like I said, the six minutes is going to happen regardless. Why try to wrestle the match in your head before it happens? You're just wearing yourself out. Wow. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because um, w- when I've seen you wrestle and I, I saw you, you know, win and even when you lost, there wasn't a whole lot of emotion from you, not in a bad way, but just like, you know, the outcome, it, it was what it was. And you knew that it seemed like you just put it all out there and the outcome was whatever it was. Like you yeah. got beat by Andrew Long, you know, and then the next year you end up winning, you know, three state titles and each state title, you just, it was just like kind of another match for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, obviously it does mean a lot. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, especially looking back, no one can take it away from me, but Again, at the end of the end of the day, it's it's just a wrestling match, you know. If you if you go out there and lay it on the line for six minutes and you did your very best and you still lost, then so what? The guy's better than you that day. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of how you feel about um, kind of looking back on? You, know, you made the round of twelve three times. Um, unfortunately, came up short. Is that kind of how you look back on those round of twelve matches? That you know, just wasn't my day or. Yeah, I mean, that one's a little harder pill to swallow, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, in, in all reality, what I can't do anything now. I did. It wasn't because of lack of effort. It wasn't a lack of diet. Uh, it wasn't a lack of sleep. It wasn't a lack of anything, but it wasn't just wasn't meant to be, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's that one's a harder pill to swallow because I was so close three times. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Was Trent in your corner at all during, during that, those, uh, any of those matches? Cause I know he was in your corner, what your senior year, uh, cyclone open, maybe, you know, was, was he ever in your matches at, at nationals too? No, they, yeah, I don't think it's probably allowed. Um, okay. obviously cause he's not a coach for Iowa State. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's actually funny that you bring that up because, uh, the latter part of my career, um, home meets, especially, and then even sometimes at nationals, it's a much bigger stage and a much bigger crowd. So it's harder to kind of focus on that, but it, it's like, I picked out his voice. And even if I wasn't looking to him, I'd hear him, you know, and he really? probably knows me as a wrestler just as well as anyone, but home meets at Iowa state, you know, it's not like overly, you know, crazy and, and loud the entire time. So mm-hmm. he's seeing things that I haven't seen yet because he's watching and no one else in the crowd is seeing and yelling, you know, left side high C's there and no one else sees it. And he's the only one in the gym yelling. So mm-hmm. now it's kind of funny. He never cornered me. He was for uh, Midlands, my true freshman year. And then, uh, yeah, maybe Cyclone opened some of those things where it's he's allowed to, but he was always down first row as close as he could get. <laughs> Yeah. How, how hard is it? Or do you, as an athlete, um, I always wonder how much, especially as a wrestler, do you hear the crowd a whole lot? I mean, everyone's yelling and it seems like everyone's trying to yell their own style at you, you know, do you hear that as an athlete or I don't think I do. I think it's kind of, uh, you know, Trent and Travis Paulson were almost always in my corner. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of just hone in on, um, on what they're saying. It's like a tunnel vision, if you want to call it that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. What have you found, you know, taken, taken from wrestling that, that now you're doing as a volunteer? Cause you're a volunteer. You said at Dallas center grams, correct? Yep. yep. What kind of have you learned, you know, about coaching yourself now, now that um, you're a coach? That's kind of a tricky one. P- patience. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it gets a, it's, it's hard for me and it sounds arrogant, but not at, hopefully not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. I've wrestled almost my entire life and then to Iowa State. So obviously at a, at a high level to sort of jump back and humble yourself to try to understand and help these kids understand that, okay, I understand that they don't know this certain technique, but how the heck can't they get this down when it took me 15 years to become an expert at it? You know, and some of these kids are have been wrestling for three years. So mm-hmm. the expectation and being patient with myself and them 
to not, you know, not ask too much. Yeah, that's, that's a great observation. I feel, you know, like, I feel like that's why whenever I always thought about coaching, you know, uh, doing younger kids, I just, I didn't think I would have the patience for it. Cause yeah, just what you said, it's a single leg. How can you not <laughs> right. figure it out? But uh, <laughs> yeah. um, did you, you said you wrestled all your life. Was it, I mean, it just come natural to you back in the day or did you just kind of pick up on it as you grew up? I, well, it started, it just started so young. And I guess to maybe best answer this, if you have, so I'm sure you're familiar, Barrett and Brandon Hoppenworth are Trent and I's older cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're quite a bit older than us. So, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, family events, you know, every time we were around each other, they babysat us. So it's like you have <laughs> those two, Brock, Dylan, my brother and myself and it's kind of a, you know, it's a free for all almost like at Christmas, like, you know, grabbing sock and boppums and, and beating the crap out of each other, you know, like that's what it sort of stems back from. So it's like a, a get tough or die type mentality. Like mm-hmm. I'm either going to get better at wrestling because these guys beat on me all the time at a young age, or I'm just going to give it up. You know, obviously I chose the latter. <laughs> I don't even know that I really could say I chose it. It just kind of happened. But mm-hmm. with, with the wrestling roots, our family had, it wasn't, it never seemed like a choice. It wasn't something that I had to make a choice about. It's just what we wanted to do. We were, that's just what we were. We're weathermen's or wrestlers. That's mm-hmm. kind of our thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trent, I remember him saying that, um, you know, you just kind of referenced all the family that was around and you're the youngest. Yeah. So did you kind of take the brunt, brunt of it a little bit? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure at times it probably <laughs> felt like it, but no, I'm sure the older guys were were uh, at least cognizant that I was smaller, the youngest. Um, but I I don't remember him taking it too easy, to be completely honest. <laughs> um, and you also said you you're you're a fisherman. I was um, kind of taking a peek and doing a little research. Your your dad he catch a ninety pound fish. Yeah, uh, two years ago, I think. Holy. That thing, it's massive. How how long did it take him to reel it in? I don't know. I actually wasn't on that trip. But oh, okay. I would assume a long time. <laughs> Where did he catch that? Louisiana in the Gulf. <laughs> yeah, him and my brother went down. Actually, it may have been last year. Mm-hmm. They went down for four or five days. He actually just got back from another one and caught a 50-something pounder. Jeez, what's the um, biggest one you've ever caught? Oh, not even close to that. <laughs> Maybe, a I don't know, 15, 20-pound catfish. Really? Yeah. But I've never fished the ocean, so it's really not a fair contest. Uh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, were there a couple other sports you played, football and baseball? Yep. What um, What was that like? Did you enjoy kind of doing other sports too other than wrestling? Yeah, it's actually funny that you bring this up. I was just talking to a coworker yesterday about he flew up to the Cubs game against the Yankees on earlier this week. And he goes, you like baseball, didn't you? I said, yeah, actually, I played baseball, and I was probably better at baseball until my eighth grade year. Okay. I was on a traveling team, uh, on an Ankeny team, and we won several state titles, played down in Florida at a national tournament, took second at that. So actually, my accolades were probably just as good <laughs> as eighth grade in baseball than it, than it was uh, for wrestling. <laughs> And then uh, football. So I quit baseball my eighth grade year. Uh, just kind of what? made decision. What's that? I said, what? Like, wow. Yeah, I gave it up. I hyperextended my elbow uh, wrestling during baseball season. So freestyle season, hyperextended it. Obviously had to sit out and rest it. So the eighth grade season for baseball was over. And my dad just kind of said, you're going to have to make a big jump from eighth grade to ninth grade if you plan on being you know, a title contender at 125 next year and they just kind of made the decision that heal up rest up get it healthy and and start training for fargo you know or northern plains maybe at the time mm-hmm. so yeah gave that up and then i played football um all the way to my senior year yeah did you play your senior year too then i did oh. yeah wow you gave up baseball that that had been i feel like that had been a tough tough decision there yeah i i remember it thinking like I wanted to be just like my brother and Brock in the sense that, well, I had my fresh or my brother's freshman year took second um, and then first, and then I was on the team. Right. So it's like, I want to, I want to do what he's doing. All I have to do is just basically walk in his steps. I mean, 
he's wrestling 75, 75 to 100 matches every summer. And I'm on a baseball diamond playing 60 baseball games and traveling <laughs> all over and wrestle 25 matches. Okay, well, maybe there's the gap. So, um, yeah, it was, I liked, I liked playing, but it, it took away from a lot of uh, training in the offseason. Yeah, I, it makes sense. You know, like football, not surprised a lot of wrestlers play football, obviously, you know, the size and everything, but it, it is a, a fall sport. So, right. You know, yeah, man, no, I, it's, you're done by, I mean, before wrestling season starts. So, yeah. What's the transition like, or what was it like for you from, from going from football to, to wrestling? Uh, I always remember being really excited. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of one of those guys that likes the the fall weather change, you know, so you get those, those cool Friday night lights, uh, the cool weather comes and the next thing, you know, snow is coming, which means it's mm -hmm. wrestling season, put the football pads away and find the wrestling shoes in the closet type deal. I always remember mm -hmm. being excited and, going into my closet, getting all the stuff out so that Monday come practice for wrestling, I'm ready to roll. And we had a wrestling mat in our, in our basement. So, you know, we would always roll around down there, but mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was a good transition. Yeah. Did you have a lot of hand-me-down stuff from Trent? Like, did you just get his old, his old stuff or did you get your own? Cause wow. I have an older brother too. So, you know, I didn't know if you kind of got his stuff or. I'm sure the, uh, I mean, maybe like t-shirts and stupid crap like that, but my feet were always bigger than his. So I never, I never had to, I guess, but I'm sure like singlets as I, as I started growing into as big as he was, I'm sure some of that stuff, but no, mom and dad were pretty good at taking care of us. You know, that's what we wanted and needed. We were pretty spoiled kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was it a foregone conclusion that you were going to go to Iowa state? You know, I know Trent went there. Um, but was it just something that you felt, you know, you were going to do? Did anyone else really recruit you? No, I didn't. I think that, uh, once he committed, I think my mind was pretty much made up <laughs> and I remember, uh, I'm pretty sure that I was the first commitment, um, for the class of 2011 to Iowa state. I committed really early. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I knew that we're just, Trent and I are really close. So I knew that, I mean, in, in high school, up until basically he graduated, we only had one car. You know, I was still <laughs> 16, but it's like he leaves at six o'clock in the morning to go to weightlifting. Well, I'm going to weightlifting too. And then we both mm -hmm. either go to football practice or wrestling practice. So from August until, you know, February when the state tournament's over, we're both doing the same thing every single day, anyways. Yeah. So yeah, we were just really close. And uh, once he committed, I, I think I was, my mind was pretty much made up. But no, I don't, I think you and I was the only other school that had reached out. And by mm -hmm. then I'd made up my mind and just kind of told them, thanks for reaching out, but I'm kind of headed in a different direction. Yeah. With as close as you were, you know, was it hard when he went off to school and then you still had a couple of years left in high school? And then also in college, when he decided to hang him up, you know, how was that for you, you know, since you were so close to him? Yeah, so high school, I, I don't remember it being too bad. Um, just because he was he was only 15 minutes away in Ames. So, I mean, I'd go up and, and roll around with him after practice. Or, you know, you'd, you'd just go out to eat. He came home quite a bit. So, it, I don't remember it being too bad. And then, actually, in college, when he hung him up, we lived together for three years in college. So up until the point he graduated college, which two years older than me, uh, we lived together. So I was with him for three years in the house and he was done after his, what, just after his halfway through his second season. Mm -hmm. So, um, I had some good buddies that moved into the house that he moved out of and I, he was still around quite a bit. He lives in Ankeny. So, I mean, we saw each other still quite often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he, did he, um, still kind of stick around the team and roll around with you when, and when he decided to retire? Yeah, once he kind of repaired his neck um, mm -hmm. fully, or let's call it 90% full, because <laughs> I still don't think it's 100%. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, he would come in and drill and or, you know, be a kind of a practice dummy. And every so often, he, if we knew we had a guy that was a left leg lead, had a good high crotch or whatever, he could come in and kind of, uh, you know, pretend to be that guy, if you want to call it. <laughs> Um, and roll around just more or less a spar, kind of a controlled drill, just so he didn't 
hurt his neck too bad. But yeah, he's he stayed out around quite a bit actually, in and around the room, not always rolling around, but even just to come in and kind of hang out with the team. Yeah, is that something you know you you think you might be in your future here? I mean, I know you're an assistant or a volunteer, but you ever think about moving into the coaching ranks eventually or um I don't I've thought about it um mm-hmm. like I said I'm <laughs> a little impatient at the time I'm yeah. busy with my career um my wife and I actually just found out a few weeks ago we're having a kid really so, all right congrats thank you so I, I've always talked about you know when and if that time comes that if I'm going to step back into it I would want to do something similar to what my uncle and dad did where it sounds bad but I don't, I can have control that way. I know it's getting done right. Which nowadays there's so many different coaches and clubs out there that do a phenomenal job. You probably don't have to worry about it, but you know, it'd still be nice to be involved. It's no different than, uh, you know, why are dad's coaches little ball, little league teams and flag football (laughs) teams because they want to say, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Time will tell. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point you make about um, clubs starting to kind of pop up and be, pretty pretty successful and not having to worry like you're saying about the coaching they're going to get was that kind of the case with you when you were younger uh not really <laughs> yeah no we i like i said earlier we we were just really fortunate that um my dad and uncle did a good job starting that program so young and and getting you know a group of 20 parents to kind of buy in and trust that you know you got my uncle jeff who's an all-american at uni this guy knows mm-hmm. what he's talking about he's going to treat our kids right he's going to do everything that he's asking his own kids to do Mm -hmm. so we you know we didn't really venture out to any clubs just because we kind of had it in house with as many guys as we had at such a high level so yeah no kidding high level you guys had nine in the in the finals that one year i think it was your sophomore year because it was willie's freshman year yep that's correct just a, <laughs> I'm, and you guys went five and four, just a, it was crazy to watch and witness that type of yeah. dominance, you know? No, it was, uh, it was really crazy. That one always gets uh, circled back around come February at the state tournament, even with the mm-hmm. DCG coaches. And they're like, Dude, this tournament's not very forgiving. How the heck did you guys go nine for nine in the semis? <laughs> but you know, it's crazy. What's your answer to that? I, mean, I, you know? I don't good tournament i don't know i mean we obviously we had some firepower but there were some guys in there that that maybe weren't predicted to be in the finals um and then on the other side of things i i still uh i still feel like we let ourselves down the paulsons at lewis central went six for six right in 2003 i think or 2001 something like that Mm -hmm. Um, so they would always give us a hard time. We went six oh. for six because we we had the chance to beat them. It, I remember it only because it gets brought up so much that mm-hmm. heavyweight lost by one or two to Bryant Humble out of uh, Clorinda. And then our 60-pounder had a single leg standing in the air with 30 seconds left and pushed him out of bounds. <laughs> so it's like, come on, guys. We, we had the record dead to rights yeah. and let it slip. <laughs> But now, I mean, we very easily could have had six in the finals, not nine. So it was it was a crazy run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking to it was funny. I was talking to Cole Welter um, about a month ago or so, and they went they put eight in the finals. Yeah, in the earlier session. <laughs> and then and then you guys in the same tournament came around and put nine in, and they were like, well. Well, yeah, shoot. <laughs> now, I was actually in the tunnel again. One of those moments that you, for some reason you just don't forget. I was in the tunnel with my uncle Jeff. He just so happened not to corner our heavyweight semi match and he won. And uh, so it's my uncle Jeff, myself, and Tom Ketman standing in the tunnel. And our guy wins. And Ketman looks at my uncle Jeff and he goes, Dude, you couldn't even go one session without breaking one of my records. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, Ketman, good, good family there too. Absolutely. Um, what else, what else um, do you remember about that, that tournament? Any other bright uh, memories? Just so much fun. I, there was, like I said earlier, I, whether it was just the camaraderie, cause like, we, like I said earlier, we, I mean, we've been wrestling together since we were, you know, four or five, six years old. A lot of these guys, and then you, you wrestle for 
10 years together, more or less on the same team. Cause you know, at the AAU state tournament, it's still the Ballard Matt club. And then you get to high school. Now we're just the Ballard high school. So you, just so much camaraderie, you know, it's, it's not even really like their teammates. It's like, we're just a freaking group of 14 brothers going out here to lay on the line. <laughs> so it was just so much fun because you, you know, you enjoy being around all of those guys. Cause you have for 10 years, you're all, you're all best buddies. You know, you could, mm-hmm. I can pick up the phone right now, call any of them and they, where are you at? Your truck broke down. Yeah, I'll come get you. You know that type of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you still you still kind of keep in touch with with those guys. You know, Willie or um... uh, not Willie as much. I, I did a little bit while he was still at, at Iowa State, uh, mm-hmm. just because we'd go up to the meets. You know, go down on the floor and talk to the guys afterwards or whatever. But I'm still pretty close with uh, Tanner Hyatt um and ross larson both oh, they're, yes. they're around quite a bit so they're running a actually if they're running the club i'll promote them bonus game or bonus points um here in grimes so all right okay there you go it's ross larson and uh Tanner Tanner Hyatt. Hyatt. Yep. okay bonus bonus points yep two two other studs two hammers yes, very much so <laughs> yes um yeah so you get to iowa state there um you red shirt you're the Iowa State Redshirt of the Year. Um, what kind of gains did you make between your senior year and uh, your first year, you know, there at Iowa State? I feel like that's kind of the one of the biggest gains people make, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I was really fortunate, um, and I, I'm lucky that I chose Iowa State not because of the Paulsons and Reader. I was going to go mm-hmm. there regardless, right? But so I come out of high school 175 pounds, and um, I have John Reeder, who the year before is a national champ. Mm-hmm. And then both Paulsons at the time are still training for the world team and are right in the mix. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they were training at 63 kilo and 74. Right. So our reader maybe was at 86 at the time. So I'm in a group of three or four with those three hammers every single day. And then you throw in a guy like Mikey England. You got, I mean, you got basically the, the best training room that I could ask for. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the hand fight obviously was huge. And then you rest on a guy like John Reeder that is an absolute monster on top. So it's like either figure out a way to get off bottom or just lay on your belly for the rest of the practice. <laughs> Dang. How, you, you, how many takedowns do you get? Against Reader? Uh, <laughs> yeah, few and far between that first year. How do you not lose confidence, you know, when that's going on, when you're wrestling somebody like that and you just, you can't seem to, you know, score any points or anything. Those guys were pretty good at, um, they were good at keeping me motivated, which I didn't wrestle a ton as a freshman um, in opens and such, but when I did, I was having pretty good success. So it was easier to kind of swallow that pill that I'm getting my butt kicked every day, but look, it's paying off. Mm-hmm. type of thing so they were pretty good at saying like dude you're getting a lot better here or okay one month one goes by and i'm still getting my butt kicked but by month two at least i can get my hands locked on a single leg and then i go grab the next freshman or you know another guy that's a different weight class or you know another guy on the team that's not either the paulsons or reader <laughs> and i'm starting to you know gain a little traction on them where well first couple of weeks i wasn't getting any takedowns so now i can take this guy down pretty you know pretty easily Mm-hmm. So and they were pretty good at kind of navigating that. They knew kind of when enough was enough. I think uh, mm-hmm. they didn't try to beat me down. I don't think too bad, or at least they knew when to say, "All right, Weatherman's had a bad week. We beat the crap out of him for the last two. Let's you know, let's feed him to a guy that he can be competitive with, and he can maybe start to work on some of the things that he's felt or seen us do against him." Mm-hmm. You come off as also somebody who who doesn't seem to get a whole lot of rattled. Or at least you don't show it. Is, is that, am I off base by saying that? You seem no, kind of I, pretty. I think that's probably pretty fair. It takes a lot to get a rise out of me. Yeah. Um, do, do you recall, you know, a time where anytime wrestling, when you kind of got a little rise out of yourself or surprise yourself in that way? Uh, I mean, there was, I mean, maybe a few times, but I mean, nothing, no good stories. Obviously that you're going to have frustrating days that, that aren't fun. Um, I guess this is kind of a weight cutting one that I was just kind of at my breaking point. We were in Vegas. It actually would have been my senior year when I dropped down to 165. And it, you know, travel sucks. The weather sucks. 
Um, and we go to that's whatever, like a seven or eight o'clock um, weigh in in the morning. So you're up at five thirty. You're dehydrated. It all get out, and you still mm-hmm. got two and a half pounds to get off at six in the morning with a cold gym. And I stepped on the scale, and I was one sixty five point two. And the Paulsons were like, "Get your sweats back on." I was like, "I'm not doing it. I'm done. If I don't make weight at the check scale, I'm not wrestling." <laughs> they were like, "You're gonna make weight. I guarantee you that." So I checked on the check scale or whatever the light scale, whatever they call it. Yeah. Uh, and I made weight one sixty five zero, but I was I was ready to call it quits <laughs> at my breaking point. What kind of kept you going? Because I feel that's relatable to. I mean, it's got to be relatable to every wrestler, you know, Absolutely. at some point, you know, what, what kind of kept you going there? Cause that was probably a cliff keen, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's kind of funny. It, it's probably not funny to listeners, but it's funny to me. <laughs> uh, John Meeks, um, his mm. true freshman year, he uh, wrestled 33 and I mm-hmm. think struggled with the weight cut and um he would always say after weighing, somebody's got to pay for this work. <laughs> so it's kind of turned into like a, a long running joke on our team. Like someone's, someone's going to have to pay for this. Cause this sucks for me. It's going to suck worse for them. Yeah. So it was kind of a, I, he, I don't think he was saying it as a joke at the time. Cause he, you know, probably just got off the scale or out of sweatpants and miserable, but mm-hmm. it kind of turned into that. So. I don't know. That's, that's kind of what we always said, like, this sucks, but someone's going to have to pay for this, but let's get mm-hmm. some, you know, fuel back up and, and get ready to go to war. Yeah. Yeah. You bet. Um, what, what, what was kind of the behind the reason for you dropping down to 65 your senior year after being at 74? Um, I don't, I don't know if it was really a lineup change or just fell a little undersized at, at 74 or really what it was. I just know that, uh, 74 was great. I hardly cut any weight, but mm-hmm. I was a little undersized and sometimes outmanned. Um, but Marino was at 65 oh, and yes. uh, Boaz Beard was at 84. Mm-hmm. And then when Boaz was gone, Leland was at 84 and he was mm-hmm. also a little undersized at 84. So I think it was kind of between Leland and I, He, I think he came and asked me like, I think I want to drop down. Are you even considering? Otherwise we're going to have to wrestle off. Mm-hmm. And me and Paulson's kind of talked it through and it just kind of landed where it was and ended up being a good season, obviously. Um, probably my most successful season, I suppose. But um, I don't know if there was really a rhyme or reason other than it just uh, kind of made sense. Yeah. Um, what, what kind of goes behind those conversations where, you know, you talk to Leland, he's like, hey, might come down. And you're like, mm, let me think about it. Like, you know, what, what goes through your mind as, somebody who's been there and had the spot, you know? Yeah. No, me and Leland were really close. I mean, we trained together all the time. So, I mean, he was, he was cool about it. And I just kind of sort of went to the Paulsons and said, we're kind of thinking this, what are your thoughts? And that's just kind of where we landed. Um, it, but it's, you know, okay, well, if you're going to make the cut, when are you going to start the descent? Is your body going to feel good enough? Can you stay healthy? Uh, you know, cause for four years I wrestled 74 and I'm mm-hmm. not exaggerating. I, I would weigh 180 on a Monday. So, I mean, I'm not cutting any weight. I'm fully mm-hmm. hydrated. And that was kind of where my mentality has always been is, you know, uh, healthy and strong. You know, I, most of the guys I wrestled are probably running in sweats until eight o'clock at night. And, you know, the night before, and I could still go out and have dinner with the Paulsons and the coaches. You know, so I'm on full feed and then, you know, the last five pounds flies right off you because I'm hydrated. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was those conversations. Can you stay healthy? Can you train as hard? Uh, you know, is your mind going to be in a good spot? You haven't cut weight for four years, those types of things. And we just, like I said, kind of landed on, it's probably the right move. Mm-hmm. And and then was it hard then to, because did you cut weight at all in high school, really? Uh, like I said, freshman year, a little bit after that, hardly any, uh, maybe a little bit on at, uh, 135, but then I kind of mm-hmm. hit a growth spurt very little at 52. And I was, I actually weighed in at 163, 64 for the state finals. My se- senior year wrestling 71. <laughs> Dang. So. Uh, so, so this was kind of new to you to cut weight really was it or or did you kind of have an idea of what to do you just you know never done i was i was pretty disciplined um and i knew that you know if 
wrestle offs are October one, let's say somewhere close to there, October fifteenth. Mm-hmm. But that descent probably had to start in the middle of August sometime, maybe September. You know, so I started running, you know, biking, things like that, just to get cardio off because I was weighing mm-hmm. probably 190, 195 maybe. Um, and obviously in the off season, trying to get stronger, get healthy. So you're lifting a lot, you know, doing a lot of rehab, those types of things. Cause I had shoulder surgeries. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of what that looked like for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you had, you had shoulder surgery. Was that kind of a big deal for you? I mean, rehabbing uh, that the shoulder wasn't too bad. I had two different scopes and then I also had, a, um, I thought I had a burst bursa sack and ended up being staph infection and I was in ICU Whoa. for seven days. Wow. That's, that's nasty stuff. So that one, that one really set me back as far. Mm-hmm. I mean, my leg basically sat unused for, I don't know how long, but felt like forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what, what's, how difficult, you know, I think that kind of gets lost, you know, people go, oh, all right, they're having surgery. They'll be back. But the grind of rehab, I mean, that's, that's gotta be mentally and physically just draining. Yeah, it, it was, it was, uh, it was really demanding is what it was. I mean, it, the trainer only works so many hours because, or so many hours in the actual training room, obviously they bust their butt. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like a 6 AM and then like a, a four or 5 PM. So you're there twice a day, you know, sometimes three times a day. And then while practice is going on, like there's an expectation that, you know, okay, what, what is it? Rubber bands, stretching, uh, those types of things. But I got to a point where I couldn't bend my knee because it had sat um, stiff for so long that the trainer was literally bending my knee to pull it back because I couldn't, I had no muscle and I'm sitting there on this training table sweating because it hurts so bad. So, I mean, it was miserable. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. How, how do you kind of overcome that mentally for, you know, had you been hurt before in your career? Uh, no. So the only good thing with the knee was there was nothing structurally wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was, all it was, was a nasty fluid that had to get out of my knee. So once mm-hmm. I could get back to full uh, flexibility and strength, everything felt normal. There was no, uh, there was no side of caution. You know, I didn't necessarily favor the other knee because this one had been hurt because it, there was no pain left. There was no structure. There was no joints. There was no, nothing that had been tweaked at all. Mm-hmm. It was all it was, was fluid. So that one Still, wasn't too bad. Yeah. Of, that one wasn't too bad of a, a recovery as far as mental. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess I'm, I was thinking just when you're younger and you're an athlete, you kind of feel like you're invincible. And then something happens and you get hurt. And then it kind of, sometimes it can kind of shock you, you know, yeah. a bit like, Oh, I'm not invincible. I can get hurt. I'm hurt now. Like, am I going to be the same? You know, you kind of start doubt creeps in a little bit, you know, yep, for sure. With the shoulders, that, that is a little different story. Um, the rehab wasn't as bad. Cause like I said, it was just a scope, but um, it was just torn up cartilage and it just wrestlers shoulders are junk. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we started to, uh, we talked a lot about when you get to a leg, it, you have to make sure that that scoring percentage is high. Otherwise, you know, you're down on your knees and a single leg getting extended out. That's obviously not good on your shoulders. Now that we've had two shoulder surgeries, we need to find a way to execute and turn, you know, that into a 90, 95% uh, success rate instead of down there in a stalemate, ripping your shoulders off 10 times a match. Yeah. What was your, what was your game plan then or your mindset to, to change that to a 90, 95% success rate? Uh, really just focused on the finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, like get, getting to your corners or getting to the corner and getting it in the air sooner. Mm-hmm. So in obviously it's pretty in depth, but uh, setups go a long ways with that, right? Instead of just, you know, slapping at the collar tie and diving in on a leg that you might be able to get on some guys, it's, you know, here's your setup and it's boom, boom, boom. And it happens just like that, exactly how you would drill it if the guy was standing in front of you, not defending. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the idea. Obviously, that's not always <laughs> perfect, but if you can eliminate it even half the time, you know, not getting in a, a sticky situation that turns into a stalemate or, you know, you're fighting like a dog on a bone with your shoulder stretched out. And then it stalemates. Well, then we just wasted a ton of energy and our shoulders got hurt or tweaked or whatever. Yeah. Are you, um, 
feeling it like in the NCAA tournament, everyone says it's a grind and the whole season's a grind. Is everybody, they say everyone's nicked up. Is everybody kind of nicked up at some, you know, feeling <laughs> something at, at the NCAA tournament? I, I don't know how someone couldn't be. Yeah. But I, it's different for everyone. You know, I don't, it's so hard to say. I would mm-hmm. say that, uh, Maybe it's funny. It's funny to me. A guy like me versus a guy like David Taylor is a little different, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm wrestling 30 matches a year and 20 of them are are close. You're in a dogfight that goes six minutes. David Taylor, <laughs> or, you know, or a guy of his caliber, Hunter, yeah. Steve, Dave, whoever, um, you know, th- a lot of their matches t- don't go the distance or didn't go the distance <laughs> and they make it look so easy that, uh, maybe they're not dinged up, but I, I mean, they're still training just as hard as everyone else in the country. Mm-hmm. They're still doing all the weight training. They're still doing everything right. They're not, I mean, they're not invincible, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. it may be easier on a guy that's yeah, more elite. Yeah, true. True. Uh, wrestling somebody of that caliber and that of that level, what, what's your mindset going into something like that? You know, I, I think back to when you wrestled Andrew Long and, you know, Pretty much everyone, you know, it's beyond, you know, Andrew Long was a stud, you know, and they're like, yeah, but you're, you're such a good wrestler too, but he was just, I mean, on yeah. another level, what, as a competitor, you know, you probably thought you were going to win that match, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, you're probably right. I did. Um, yeah, there's just, there's just levels. And that was one of those, I came off the mat and my dad was like, dude, you probably, I mean, maybe not in these words, but like keep your head up you have nothing to be ashamed of that dude is a monster mm-hmm. you know he no one was going to touch him regardless he's like you, you maybe you shouldn't even have made the finals you you know your highest ranking was whatever fifth or sixth right mm-hmm. i had seven or eight losses on the year uh and make a good run so i'm sure my expectation was to win but uh <laughs> yeah i like I said earlier, I, I just tried to always uh, focus on what I can control, go out and mm-hmm. wrestle as hard as I can for six minutes. And what happens, happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What well, I, I was curious also, um, before I let you go, um, you were only a, I say only, but you were a two-time AAU state champ. Then you ended up being a three-time high school state champ. That's know? right. Like, uh, did you just have some stacked AAU brackets or? Oh, I mean, I know we're way back in the, you know, I'm trying to remember some of the losses that guys would have won the bracket. I remember Jake Balwig, Levi Wolfensberger. So, I mean, you're talking two D one guys there. Uh, Maybe Blake Sorensen once. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I was always kind of right in the mix. There's a lot of really good guys writing around that way. Cody Caldwell. I mean, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of guys like that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, Next, my brother was five time, I think, AAU. Yeah. Like I said, he just kind of switched a gear in third grade or whatever it was. And I don't know if it was a um, a maturity thing or what, but keep in mind, I also had two older cousins or three, four older cousins that once I got to high school or really in seventh, eighth grade, I'm already learning stuff that's mm-hmm. probably more advanced for a lot of eighth graders because my brother and cousins are in high school, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know, but we do have a running joke about that. No one can take that away from me at the Iowa high school state wrestling tournament. I'm the best in the family. <laughs> I was just going to ask, I didn't know how many, you know, titles, um, the Hoppenworth, you know, one and some of your other cousins. Um, I know Brock, what Brock won one or did he win Brock two? Won, Brock won two. He did win two. Okay. Yep. And then Trent of course won two. And then, yeah, you got them all beat with three. Yep. <laughs> that's right is that ever a talking point does that ever get brought up or is that just kind of water under the bridge we we joke about it yeah a lot i mean not a lot of people but people often ask who is the best mm-hmm. and you know me and my brother would probably both say athletically and gifted brock was you know he, he'd been winning everything since he was three years old you know he's winning pulsa <laughs> titles you know at a really young age and killing everyone mm-hmm. um but as far as I'm concerned, the numbers don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. What, what what other? You said he's athletically gifted, though. What what other sports did Brock participate in? He played football. He was uh, he was a really good linebacker. He, I think he was just football and football and wrestling. But mm-hmm. yeah, he was. It was just it was just so natural to him. He just flexible, funky, athletic. Just just kind of had a, a good feel for 
uh, for wrestling, just such good body awareness. And just, I mean, he was more or less was self-taught how to leg, you know, cause in high school there wasn't leggers around in 2010. Right. You know, it's been, you know, in the last 10 years has changed a lot, you know, even with like the, the roll through scrambling, a lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. you didn't really see 10 years ago, especially at the high school level. And mm-hmm. he, I mean, Jeff was not a legger. My dad's not a legger. Like mm-hmm. no one could teach him. So he just kind of like, you know, whether he watched film or his dad gave him tape or what, but he just kind of had a knack for it and kind of just figured it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, he said, you said he's a legger. You know, I'm just thinking about your style of wrestling. Um, workmanlike is how, you know, I would describe it. I think your dad also said the same thing. I mean, it seemed like all you guys had different styles of wrestling, you know? Yeah, we, we kind of did. I I was, uh, yeah, Brock was kind of a little bit funky. Uh, mm-hmm. My brother was, we're just kind of built differently. You know, he's kind of short and stocky. He's a bull that's going to run you over. You know, I'm going to take high crotch if I want high, high crotch type mm-hmm. thing. And I, I was kind of more from the open and kind of, you know, forward pressure, but, you know, more angles and low level attacks kind of um, and getting to corners where he was maybe a little more straight on. But it's always kind of been like that. He was not and I appreciate the compliment workman like. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of the way it was. I was kind of always a technician and and not that they weren't, but mm-hmm. um yeah, just kind of different for whatever reason. I don't know. I mean, we obviously we're all taught the same thing, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's why it's it's interesting that you know you're all taught the same thing, but you you learn it or you know approach it differently. All all yeah. of you guys did. So, yeah. well, yeah. Um, well, I, I appreciate you sitting down and and chatting with me about you know your experience and you know your your fifteen pound fish you caught. But uh, <laughs> <Appreciate> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest Tanner Weatherman for taking some time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat to hear more of my content. And always be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care and we will see you next time. Oh,